Welcome to Blooming a Healthy Home by Design. This is season three, still where we are talking about the four areas of our lives that contribute to healthy relationships in our homes. They are social life, family life, home environment, and home cooking. And what better way to address all of these areas than to look at feng shui? We've talked with feng shui expert Amy Stevens for the past couple of episodes, so go back and listen to those if you haven't had a chance. She's given us some good tips on what feng shui is and how we can use it to increase the energy flow in our homes. And having more positive energy is going to support all of these four areas, our social life, our family life, our home environment, and home cooking even. If you are still wondering what the heck I'm talking about, then I'm going to encourage you to check out the podcast episodes of season two, where we discuss the energy wheel that I created. Basically, there's 15 areas of our lives that contribute to overall well-being. Because at the end of the day, it's not just diet and exercise that make us feel good or bad. If you lose your job, diet and exercise doesn't fix that. (laughs) If you are in a toxic relationship, running or having a healthy salad might make you feel good, but it doesn't fix the problem either. So I've dedicated these seasons to help you in each of these areas. So season two is everything personal growth, including self-expression, spirituality, creativity, exploration, education, and career and finances. And we talked about the home environment and how the home environment can support all of these areas of our lives. So season three is relationships, which I've broken down into social life, family life, home environment, and home cooking. And that's a whole lot to say that I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to go into the kitchen with Amy and she's going to share three things that we can easily do to immediately improve the energy flow in your kitchen. So let's grow. Is your home environment helping you or hurting you? We've been taught that our health is determined by the food that we eat or how much we exercise. But what if there's more to it than that? I'm here to tell you that your home environment matters. We spend most of our time at home and we're raising our families here. So isn't it important to know if we're creating an environment that is supportive to our health and well-being? Here on Blooming a Healthy Home by Design, we're going to uncover the many ways your home can support you building a healthier lifestyle for your family. We'll uncover simple ideas that will get you to think about your home differently. You'll discover how to get rid of toxins that could be lurking in your walls and cupboards, to new ideas in color psychology, furniture placement, anything and everything that can help influence positive mood and behavior so you and your family can lead healthier, fuller lives at home. I'm Sheila Alston, founder of Healthy Home Media and editor of the Wellness Real Estate Magazine and Healthy Home Magazine. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together. I'm searching far and wide to bring guests who will guide you with simple and actionable steps that you can take to help you and your family bloom and grow. So thanks so much for being here. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time. Hey, welcome to Blooming. I'm so excited to have Amy Stevens here again today. We're continuing our discussion of feng shui, and today we're going to go into the kitchen. When you feng shui your kitchen, you'll be inspired to cook healthy foods and you'll feel less stress when cooking. So I'm super excited to learn more. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Sheila. How are you? Good. I'm so excited you're here again. Thank you. Yeah, this has been fun. I know. Okay, so we're going to go into the kitchen and we're going to feng shui up our kitchen. Um, What are three things that we can do to improve the energy flow in that space? So let's, let's start with clutter. Because how many of us have appliances out onto the countertops that we maybe use once a month? 
Right. Um, the trick is if you don't use it daily, it needs to find a new home. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, clear off any of the, the extra onto the countertop so that you can have easy access to the countertops while you're prepping a meal, while you're cleaning up. If you have a, a set of knives out in one of the knife blocks, mm-hmm. you know, that gets into a safety situation. And, you know, especially if you have smaller children, you need to be able to make sure that the knives are put away so that they're not um, accessible to small little hands. Right. So from the standpoint, safety, clutter, Mm -hmm. if it's an appliance that's out that hasn't been used in over a month, then find a new home for it. Or maybe Mm -hmm. it needs to go go away altogether. I have a a bread cooker that literally is from my wedding. And I won't let go of it because I'm like, oh my gosh, it cooks bread. So does my oven. But for some reason, I need to keep this bread maker. And I've only used it a handful of times in nearly 25 years. And I still have it. <laughs> I still have it in my pantry. It's on the bottom. But um, yeah. <laughs> okay, but it's not It's not out on the kitchen counter though, right? No, but it's, yeah. But, but it is taking up space and they are up. rather big. Wow. And from 25 years ago. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's only because I have a big pantry, I'm able to shove it in there, right? But I suppose if I had to, you know, make space for other things, that would probably be the one thing that I would, I should get rid of. <laughs> there you go. Now, I, I'm guilty of cookbooks. Yes. I love cookbooks. There's something inspiring to me about seeing cookbooks. Well, in my pantry, I had two shelves full of cookbooks. Mm-hmm. And so in our time right now where we're home more frequently where I literally went through and got rid of half of my cookbooks. Isn't that the truth? I love looking at cookbooks too, but whenever I go for a recipe, I don't go to the cookbook. I go online and I search for a recipe. <laughs> so isn't that funny? But yet for some reason I love seeing the cookbooks there. So I, that's probably a good, a good way to declutter is just to go through the books and see which ones I actually am. I, I want to, try recipes from maybe. And my rule of thumb on that is if it doesn't have notes in it or a page turned down (laughs) or food actually on it, Mm -hmm. then the book itself needs to go away. Right. Right. Take it to Goodwill. Maybe somebody else will use it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So clutter is one of those big things. Um, And then the second thing you had mentioned was safety. Safety. Yes. So you know, are you a more petite person and you have heavy pots and pans that are up higher for storage purposes and you need to get them down on a regular basis? That might be a little cumbersome. The knives, if you have a knife block that's out, that can be a little bit of an issue as well. Also checking in with um, sharp corners of your actual island or mm-hmm. work surface or uh, I'm I have a client who has this situation where where their dishwasher is located, the stove and the dishwasher, when doors are open, mm-hmm. they touch each other. Oh. So from a from a layout perspective, just kind of checking in with what's going on and what's needed. Same thing with the refrigerator. So if you start having a situation where things are just too close together. Mm -hmm. that can be a little bit of a safety issue as well. 
Right. I feel like when you're planning your kitchen, there's probably some good things to consider when you're designing it um, to make sure that it has good flow and that feng shui is good and that you're encouraging more than one cook and you have space for all of, you know, for people to help you and that sort of thing. But if you have an existing kitchen and you're limited in your space, what are some things that you can do as far as safety is concerned to make sure that you have a safe kitchen? So obviously with the pots and pans situation, when we have heavier items, we typically keep those lower. Mm -hmm. And we've already talked about the knives, mm -hmm. placing knives away, especially if there's little, little hands nearby. But even from a safety perspective, if there's little ones that we're trying to get to be more in the kitchen and helping out, mm -hmm. understanding where food comes from, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, having like a step stool, having utensils that they can easily work with that's mm -hmm. not uh, too much of a strain. Uh, that can also even get involved more with universal design. So if we have a loved one who's maybe in a wheelchair or um, has, a, has a disability that we need to keep in mind when they come over. So that kind of thing mm -hmm. from a safety perspective. It's interesting that um, feng shui just has a lot of, you know, common sense principles, it seems like, because <laughs> putting heavy things in the lower cabinets makes sense to me. Um, so it's nice to know that when you're doing some of those common sense things, you're actually having good feng shui in your, in your space. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Using your intuition, your, your, Common sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and probably if you want to encourage kids to cook with you, um, having a dedicated step stool that doesn't slide around is probably a lot safer than having them stand on a chair, especially a swivel chair or something like that. That makes sense. Um, and I do love the ideas of encouraging kids to cook with you. So, you know, if they're baking and things, um, I think that before when we talked to you, you had mentioned that there's a lot of tools out there that can help kids cook with you like that so that the bowls don't slide around and um, stuff like that? Yeah, I've, I believe that there are more kitchen utensils that are available now mm -hmm. uh, than there were when, when we were younger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you, you know, if you just check out in the local kitchen supply company or something, they can provide you different options for what would be appropriate for kids to be able to utilize as well. Yeah, what well, I really want to get one of those straining bowls that actually stretches for the length of my sink because um, that just seems awesome to me, especially if you're carrying a hot bowl full of pasta right now. I, I'm all, it seems like whenever I cook that, I'm like scrambling for my strainer strainer. And then I, I already have dishes in the sink. And so I have to quickly make room for that and stick it on the side. I'd much rather have one of those ones that sits up top kind of, and just stretches over the top of it. I think that's good yeah. design. Yeah. I, I actually have one of those and it does work rather nicely. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to have to get one of those. And when okay. you go to wash and when you go to wash your vegetables and uh -huh. fruit, yeah. it's super easy. Nice. Okay, so we've talked about clutter, we've talked about safety. What is the third thing that people can do um, to have more flow in their kitchen? So when we think about the kitchen being kind of the heart of the home, so a lot of people, a lot of guests, if you have guests over, if you have family members in, they typically sit at the island and you're trying to talk, you're trying mm -hmm. to have conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're 
actually cooking a meal and the stove and the oven is placed up against the back wall, but now your back is to all of the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it kind of feels like you're not engaged mm-hmm. with, with that conversation or you're having to talk to the wall. So just kind of getting yourself set up in more of a position where you can actually see and converse with those individuals behind you. So mm-hmm. for instance, over the stove, the stove is a heating element. That's what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. And when we think about what puts out fire? Water. <laughs> yeah. So water puts out fire. And in the feng shui terminology, mirrors are reflective mm-hmm. and a water element. Uh-huh. So it's what we call a cure. Uh-huh. So it's a chi enhancement. So it's a cure. So we place a mirror or something reflective over the stove to help not only provide you safety. So if, if you have a family member, a friend who likes to come up behind you and scare you, <laughs> you know, if you're in a, if you have a knife in your hand and you're doing anything like that, uh-huh. that's not a good situation. Uh-huh. Um, but you can be able to to know what's going on behind you, even though you're you're not facing outward. Yeah. So from a design perspective, they have cool um, mirrored mirrored glass that's like it looks like a like an antique mirror, I guess is what I'm trying to say, or smoke mirror or something like that that can still be really pretty, not just a mirror behind your. Um, stove, but maybe that's one way you can kind of still have that water element, but have it look really nice. (laughs) Yes. And that's the other thing. Like we don't want to just see a whole bunch of these funky little cures placed everywhere. Mm -hmm. It does need to be cohesive with the design, the overall Mm -hmm. design of the space as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what are some other things you can do? I mean, I have my stove against the wall and I have white marble behind it. What do I do about that? Because I still want good flow and, and I don't want to put a mirror behind it. Right. So do you have, um, when, when you're at your stove, can you see reflections in your white marble? I've never noticed. I'll have to pay attention, but I, I feel like my kitchen isn't in a, um, it's not in a U where I'm stuck at the end of a walkway or something. I have in my peripheral vision, I mean, there's a um, there's an open peninsula on the left side, and then the right side there's a hallway through the where the pantry into the. So, it feels very open, and even when I'm cooking, I can kind of feel when people are, you know, near me. And there's an island directly behind me, so no one can actually come up directly behind me. They would come kind of at the side to okay. me when I was cooking, anyway. So. And that's good from a, from a design perspective as well. That's really mm-hmm. good because that does give you that side entrance so mm-hmm. that you can see mm-hmm. your peripheral vision, what's going on to your side. So from a design perspective, that's good too. Well, good to know. Um, okay. What about the water that's going to be in your kitchen naturally? Does that do anything? I'm just so curious. from the sink? Yeah, from the sink. Yeah. So when we, when we think about the sink and typically most people have like a metal sink or they have, um, or ceramic sink or ceramic uh-huh. sink. So ceramics are, are dealing more with the earth element. 
So an earth will dam water. Uh So the sink itself is capturing the water, Uh right? And we can actually put the stopper in it. So Uh it it dams up and, and stores that water. Metal actually can hold water. Mm-hmm. So from, from that perspective of, of holding on to, um, holding on to the water element, same thing goes with the stainless steel sink. Mm-hmm. So in that, that perspective, um, the other thing is, is that you can think about, you know, say you want your, your family to eat better and you have fruit out on the kitchen counter, um, you know, putting the fruit into a, um, either a ceramic container mm-hmm. or a, um, into a metal container, you can mm-hmm. start to kind of see the difference on what, what's available. Uh, mm-hmm. even if it's something that's more of an open woven kind of thing. So, um, you don't necessarily want wood to wood. You want to have something that's, um, so I think of like a basket as being mm-hmm. wood as well, because that's mm-hmm. natural fibers hold together. Um, but having that, that container mm-hmm. available. Great. I think of it just from a design standpoint and a healthy home standpoint, that it's a good idea to have, you know, the healthy things that you want to eat out so that it's the first thing you grab instead of running into the dry pantry and grabbing snacks, you know, um, to do things like that, to encourage healthier habits instead of um, unhealthy habits. So even when you're organizing your pantry, I would suggest to them, you know, to, to not, you know, (laughs) buy what you want to eat. So don't buy too many snacks. Don't go shopping when you're hungry. Right. And, um, to put the fresh foods, you know, cut up, cut up carrots, cut up vegetables, keep them in the fridge so that when you open the door, you can see that those snacks are available instead of, um, you know, all the chips and crackers that everyone wants to grab first. Exactly. But you're telling me that maybe that's good feng shui also. Yeah, it is good. Uh, having that, having those fresher, um, items out. Absolutely. It's much better. Um, Okay, that's great. I feel like that was a lot simpler than I had in my head. When you think of um, how to feng shui the kitchen, I think that <laughs> it's going to be a lot of, you know, crazy stuff. But it seems to me like it's pretty common sense and just becoming aware. Oh, I know the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, for people who have maybe moved into their kitchen and they've been in there a long time and, you know, you get into a habit of this is where things are. But maybe if you were to... Um, you know, want to invite other people to cook with you, maybe there's a, it's a good idea to rearrange your kitchen for two cooks. Like maybe the knives are in the wrong drawer and they could be in a different drawer to encourage, you know, two spots to chop in. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and, and that is true because a lot of people, if they've downsized or if they've, you know, or if their family has grown and they've had the the kitchen set up a certain way for mm-hmm. so many years and now they're in a new space mm-hmm. um, or if they've downsized within their current location and they just need to readjust how things are. To me, it's always really good to kind of go through and do that deep clean and mm-hmm. pull out everything. Take mm-hmm. one section, pull out everything and take a look at it. Are you even using it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
if you're not using it, why are you holding on to it? So it, it gets to be kind of that conversation about freeing up some space so that things feel lighter, mm-hmm. um, more open. Well, it's funny. Um, I didn't think of this before. I actually, I'm friends with the woman who bought my last house and I went to go visit her and she was um, sharing with me something about the kitchen. I can't remember, but she, you know, she, when she moved in, she put all of her stuff in different spots than where I had my stuff. And I think that she had said that she let her mom kind of put the kitchen together. So she was saying, gosh, I didn't really like how there's no place to put this next to this. And I was like, yes, there is. I used to have, you know, I was like, I used to have my glasses right here and my, this right here. And she was like, really? So it's funny because um, when you move into a house, if you're just, if, if someone's putting stuff away for you, or if you're just in a rush, you might not have really had the time to think about where's the best place to put my baking supplies. Where's the best place to put all of my mixing things? Where's the best place to put my knives? And where's the best place to have um, a junk drawer? So it might be good practice to, when you're doing your spring cleaning, and maybe a little bit of a fun exercise, if you want to look at it that way, to take um, kind of stock in your kitchen with where you've put stuff and maybe there's a better spot for it, right? And then maybe just doing that would really increase the usage and flow of your kitchen. I absolutely agree. We get stuck in our own little routines mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a Good goodness for the brain, even. Mm-hmm. You have to go, no, wait a minute, it's not there anymore, it's over here. And just kind of have that that recalculation of where things are. It's a it is a good idea. Yeah. Well, and especially I would encourage you if you're doing any sort of kitchen remodel or any sort of um sprucing up your kitchen, maybe it's time for new countertops and backsplash. That's a perfect time to unload everything, take, you know, um, I guess I keep wanting to say stock, but just an inventory of all the stuff that you have. And like you had said, get rid of everything that you're not using. Um, or you can start by just putting them in a box in your, in your garage, if you don't want to get rid of them. Right. (laughs) And then if six months goes by and you still haven't used them, maybe it's okay to. Or if you even forgot all of that was in that box, you have to (laughs) open up the box again and take inventory again. No, it's just time for it to go straight to to Goodwill. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, these are great tips. I'm so thankful to have you again on the show and um, we will have you back again for another exciting episode of Feng Shui. But thank you so much, Amy. Absolutely. Thank you, Sheila. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye. So just to recap, Feng Shui deals with energy and teaches how to increase positive energy flow in our homes. But its principles, when put into practice, just they make a lot of sense. It's about creating balance and harmony and more enjoyment of your space. So in the kitchen, Amy suggests three simple things that you can do in your own home just to get started. When you have good energy in your kitchen, you're going to be more inspired to cook. Your positive energy will leave you gravitating towards healthier foods, and you're going to feel less stressed when you're cooking. That sounds great to me. So step number one is to remove the clutter. Clear off your countertops. 
open space is relaxing and it actually is less stress on your brain, if you can believe it. <laughs> so find space for your small appliances in the pantry or in that cabinet below. Make space by getting rid of items that you don't use regularly. If you're reluctant to get rid of things, then maybe put them in a box in the garage. And if six months to a year go by and you haven't needed the box, then you'll know that you won't miss those items. Step number two is to go through and make sure your kitchen is safe. Heavy things should be stored on the bottom cabinets or drawers. Knives should be put away in drawers, not open on the counter. Step stools for children to have easy access to help you cook will also help promote a fun learning environment and helpful atmosphere at home. Step number three is to ensure your layout allows for view of your guests and is supportive of having more people in the kitchen besides you to cook. Homes built in the early 1900s had a back kitchen with one cook and the entertaining spaces were in the front of the home. But nowadays, the kitchen is the heart of the home. It's the center. People congregate in the kitchen and they linger there. So having a place to sit you know, at the counter is actually good feng shui. A fun thing that you can do is to pretend that you're moving into your kitchen for the first time. And you can ask yourself if all your items are in their ideal spot. Is your kitchen ideal for one cook or two? Do you have a prep area? Maybe that's where you have your cutting tools next to and it's near a sink. What about school lunch or sandwich prep area? You could have the Tupperware and Ziploc boxes and um, bags and foil and all that kind of stuff in one area. What about mixing tools and mixing bowls? They could be near each other, like in a baking center. Um, you get the idea. But if you try to visualize having more cooks in the kitchen, does that change how you would arrange your space? Sometimes just cleaning out the drawers and countertops will breathe new life into your kitchen and you'll feel more inspired to cook. Try it and let me know how it works for you. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, Amy gave us a link to her free Bagua map. It's a map that feng shui practitioners use to influence the flow of your home. So you can download it for free at yogaamy.net backslash or forward slash oh forward slash bagua so yogaamy.net forward slash bagua it's b-a-g-u-a print it out and then draw a quick floor plan of your home it doesn't have to be to scale just some boxes that represent where your home's located and um, overlay that bagua map and you'll see you know what rooms are where and adding elements and colors into that space that are on the map will help energize your space and the funny thing is that feng shui to a lot of or feng shui to a lot of people just sounds like a whole lot of woo woo but really when it's done right good feng shui is nothing more than achieving good balance and flow in the room surrounding yourself with things that bring you joy and make you feel good so if you get you know a good feeling in some of the rooms in your home and something feels off in maybe one of the other rooms Feng Shui might be able to help you. So yogaamy.net forward slash Bagua is that website again. It's B-A-G-U-A. And I'm wishing you a week full of joy and positive energy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got some exciting guests lined up for the next few weeks. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss what I have in store for you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something that will help you and your family bloom and grow. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together, and I invite you to join me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you might also enjoy reading the digital magazines that I publish every single month. They are called the Wellness Real Estate Magazine, which is Wellness RE, and Healthy Home Magazine. 
and they feature wellness lifestyle communities that are being designed and built all over the country. Plus, I have healthy home professionals that share their insights on how you can create a healthier home environment. Building biology experts, biophilic designers, wellness architects, color psychology specialists, and even eco-designers all together in one place. I guarantee it's not like any other magazine you've read before. You can check it out at www.healthyhome-mag.com. You can purchase single issues and I have tons of articles from over the past two years that you can share. Remember, sharing is caring. And please follow me on Instagram at healthyhomemag. Reach out and let me know how you like the show or what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I'm open to learning more about what matters to you. Together we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time.